the blogs that really came up back in that time had so much control back then. And now the blogs do not carry the weight that they did before. You have influencers, bookstagrammers, YouTubers. They weren't there back in 2012, 2013. And now we've really shifted off Facebook and more towards these other platforms. Everything has really changed and social media changing has been one of the biggest vehicles as well. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest, Nina Grinstead, is the owner and publicist of Valentine PR and Literary Management. While in college, romance books, although not on the official curriculum, were her favorite subject and continue to be so today. Nina began her career as a corporate and nonprofit media specialist, and in 2012, her professional and personal lives collided. Nina began blogging as a new wave of romantic fiction swept the literary world. Her knowledge of social media and her passion for promoting authors led her to a boutique public relations firm as a publicist, where she learned the industry inside and out. Now Nina heads her own firm and is thrilled to utilize the full force of her knowledge and contacts to bring happily ever afters to wider audiences everywhere. Well, hello, everybody. I'm here today with Nina Grinstead, owner and publicist of Valentine PR and Literary Management. Thanks for joining us today, Nina. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you on the show. I want everybody to know, can you tell people about your path, the path that led you to start Valentine? Yeah, it's a really interesting story. My husband always laughs when he talks about when people ask us, oh, well, how did y'all get into this? And his kind of stock answer is, oh, she started reading Fifty Shades of Grey. So (laughs) it really does kind of, for me, this journey starts there. Back in April of 2012, I had was listening to the radio or something, and I heard about this book, Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was a reader. I'd always considered myself a reader. I went through spurts where I read more than less, just how you are when you have a family and kids. And so I picked up this book, and I had no idea what it was going to be about. Everybody was just talking about it. And so I picked it up, and like every other woman who came into the romance world with that book, we just fell in love with it. And so as I was reading it, then I wanted to read more. And so I went onto a site that I'd never heard of that I read in a magazine called Goodreads. And from there, I started reading and reviewing books and I really enjoyed it. And I met kind of a community of other readers and just, it was a good time for me. My kids were getting a little older. My son was a senior in high school. My daughter was in middle school. So they needed me a little less. And so through that, I was reviewing and I was kind of getting publishers were reaching out to me to review a really large blog at that time reached out and I started reviewing for them. I had my own little segment kind of, I think it was called Nina After Dark. And it was more Mm -hmm. the kind of the more steamier books out there. And so then just with social media and 
then I met a girl on Twitter and she and I became very, very good friends. And she had just started a boutique publicity firm. And so we became like best friends. And eventually I said to her, Hey, am I waiting for you to ask me to for a job or are you waiting for me to ask you? So <laughs> we started laughing. And so I went to work for her PR firm and that was about five years ago, maybe six. I can't remember. And then in that time I worked for her, I got myself a really strong client base of authors all in the romance genre. And then I knew that I was getting to the point where I wanted to do some different things in my career and with my clients. I was having my clients say more, I'm looking for this. Can you provide this? And so I thought that in the middle of a pandemic, hey, let me leave this amazing company that I'm working with and start my own business. I mean, (laughs) it would have thought that in April that I would have taken that leap when the world was kind of like getting right into everything. And I thought, is this the right time? It ended up being the right time. So that's kind of my journey. How many years did you spend with that previous firm? I think five or six. I think it was six. I think I went to work with them at the right at the end of 2014, or maybe it's 15. I can't remember. So my college degree is in public relations. So I do have a background of this, but I was always more in the nonprofit sector. I've always been client relations. So that's always kind of like been my specialty is dealing with people. So so your passion for romance books really just came out of that whole Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. era when that book first hit the mm-hmm. market. That's really mm-hmm. where it started. I did start reading Danielle Steele back in high school. So I've always loved the romance, the romance genre. I love like movies. The more romantic, the better. I'd prefer like, I don't know, a romantic chick flick over like a comedy or something like that. I've always had the romance, but then I'm definitely one of those people that has to credit E.L. James for everything that if it was not for her, the romance industry that I, I truly feel, but the romance industry in publishing would not be where it is today. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she basically made it mainstream through that mm-hmm. book and Mm -hmm. raise the level of interest. I think there was a lot of interest in that genre initially, but Mm -hmm. it kind of mainstreamed it and made it a conversation for people, like you said, you know, to network and talk and be involved in these groups and have conversations about it. Yes, most definitely. And I think that because of what she did, she brought in self-publishing. And like you said, Romance was around before. It was just different. When I thought of romance in the past, I thought of like the historical romance with Fabio on the cover and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so with that release, it really brought a spotlight to romance. And so it just paved the way for so many people to start self-publishing and the publishing business just went crazy. The publishers in New York, so many of the authors who published with the big five actually self-published and then the New York publishers came in and bought them. So it was really interesting. Are you predominantly working with self-publishers? Yes, yes. I would probably say 80% of my clients are just totally self-published. And then probably 20 are are hybrid where someone like a Jody L. Malpas or Kristen Proby self-publish and are selling to working with publishers as well. So There have been a lot of changes in that whole arena over the last several years as well. Mm -hmm. Have you seen an impact? I know your business is somewhat on the newer side, but you've been in the industry for a while. How have you seen the self-publishing changes change the industry? And has that had an effect on your type of role in that whole process? 
this is just my opinion, so I don't have anything to back this up. But, um, <laughs> I think that right around 2012, 2013, when the insurgents, the New York publishers were publishing a ton of romance, the readers were voracious. They read and they read. There weren't enough books. We were just reading and the publishers could put $7.99, a price tag on everything. Then the self-publishing Authors came in and were pricing everything at $9.99. I mean, I'm sorry, 99 cents, $2.99, $3.99. So I think that in that term, one of the reasons why I don't feel like the big publishers are putting out as much romance these days as they did before, and they're really moving more towards women's fiction, is because it's hard to compete with the author who's 99 cents or 2.99 because the reader wants that price. If you're reading 25 books a month, and there are women who read that, it is hard to spend 7.99 a month. I mean, you have to think that a lot of these women are on a budget. That's one of the reasons why Amazon came back and said, oh, we're going to have a subscription service. And so for $9.99, you can read all the books that you want. So I do think that the self-publishing world, I think it changed the big New York publishers kind of trajectory on how they were doing because they came in and said, this is how we're going to do it. And it's a huge market. Right. I think that the romance genre is probably one of the best, most lucrative markets out there. How has all this and all these changes that you mentioned, how has that impacted your industry? Has there been any kind of filter down effect there, positive or negative? I truly think that for me, I probably wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the self-publishing because the authors, all of my clients and all the other PR firms that have clients, they're self-published because the publishers do have the publicists on their payroll. So in turn, they need somebody like us to represent them like the publicist of New York. So yeah, I wouldn't be where I am now. You really fit in well with that self-publishing because they don't have that access to the PR and the publicity Mm -hmm. that's coming from the publishing. So if I'm a self-published author, I'm going to need to find somebody or a firm to kind of take care of that arm of the business because we want to get the name of the book. We want to get some recognition for what when it's coming out. So that's where you kind of come in mm-hmm. and you dovetail very nicely into that whole self-publishing world. Right. And there are times that I actually get hired on by a publisher as well. They hire me to represent one of their authors because I bring in a lot of stuff that the publishers might not do. They don't spend the time with the social media. They reach the high influencers, but the kind of the grassroots down at the the bottom, they don't have time to be working on that while they have all these other books. Now, are you solely focused in the romance field or are you going into other genres as well? I pretty much focus just on romance. Now, a lot of my clients are moving into kind of the women's fiction role, which is less romancy. They'll still always have romance in them, but it's less based on the romance and the happily ever after and more based on the woman's journey through life or whatever. I don't really branch out other than that because this is what my audience is. So if Stephen King were to call me and say, hey, Nina, can I hire you? I would have to really switch gears because that is a totally different audience. Now I'm not marketing to the women who want the happily ever after in the swoony romance. Now I'm looking for you and my husband and men who I'm not saying women don't read Stephen King. I'm just saying that at this point now I'm looking for a totally different audience. And so it's not that I'm opposed to doing that, 
this is just kind of the niche that I've carved out for myself. So yeah, which I think going back to what you said earlier about the big publishers sometimes reaching out to you for your services is probably I would say that's probably the reason why because the big publishers are more or less spread across multiple genres where you're laser focused in this one area that mm-hmm. if they're looking and they have a client that needs to be pinpointed into that genre and that readership that's looking for that romance, well, you know what? If I'm a generalist and I know all these avenues, why not go to a specialist like you where this is your audience and you cater to them every day, seven days a week? You know that audience. I can outsource that to you and have you handle that for us. Exactly. Exactly. And I do like those partnerships because they're kind of like one-offs. And it's fun working on a different type of project and looking through the release in it from a different lens. Yeah. Now, I think it touched on them a little bit kind of across some of the conversation that we've had. But in your view, what are the top three biggest changes that your industry has seen since you started in it back in 2012? I think that most women who came into this world, the blogs that really came up back in that time, you know know about these, (laughs) but the blogs that came up had so much control back then. I was on a very large blog and we really impacted how people bought books. The readership was following you guys. The readership was following us. And so it was like a job and we didn't get paid for it. I mean, unless you think of getting a book as a free book as being payment, which is great. And Back then, that and Goodreads was were really where you f- found your books. And then things started swaying because then everybody became a blogger. And they're like, oh, I'm a blogger. So I want a free book and I want a review. And so a little bit of that was the oversaturation of the people coming into this industry. Then on the author side... Then everybody wanted to write a book. So now the market has oversaturated itself also. So now we're competing. The hardest thing that I have in in my job is to convince you to buy this book over the hundreds of other books that are being released every week. Right. It's the market has become oversaturated. And I'm not saying that from a bad standpoint. I'm saying that that's just made my job harder. So, and there's two ways that you read for us, our client, I mean the readers. You read wide, which would be like you read on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Barnes Noble, or you read KU, which is the Amazon subscription. And there's two ways you have to market to those readers. So it even makes so when you take down the release, then you have to take down is it a wide release or is this KU release? And then at that point, then you've got to market it two separate ways as well, because the wide reader, you market it totally different than a subscription reader. And now the blogs do not carry the weight that they did before. So you now you've had to spread yourself over a, a bunch of you have influencers, bookstagrammers, YouTubers. They weren't there back in 2012, 2013. And now we've really shifted off Facebook and more towards these other platforms. And I'm old, so I'm having to learn TikTok. I mean, seriously, but TikTok is a great place because lots of influencers are on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. And so everything has really changed. And social media changing has been one of the biggest vehicles as well. Do you see or can you tell or have any ideas or inclinations on what's going to be the next tool? Because as you mentioned, since 2012, a lot has changed. We basically Mm -hmm. shifted from bloggers to PR to various 
platforms like subscription, KU, Amazon obviously controls a lot of the <laughs> book universe. Do you have any ideas or inclinations about what's the next tool that's going to be used or look to be used by this industry? I think that the influencers, which probably back seven years ago, we called them bloggers. But I think that the influencers now, they're really where we're spreading the word because Back in the day, the blog would get the book and we'd write this long review and everything. And and it's almost like our society has changed. We don't want to read this seven paragraph review. We want it nice and concise. We want to binge watch everything. We want to binge read everything. So we want the picture and a little bitty paragraph. And then because you're scrolling, I know you can't see me on this podcast, but you're scrolling on your social media. Right. I think we've trained not just us as in publicists are trained, but Netflix has changed. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't you remember the time when we used to sit down and watch a TV show and like, you'd have to run to the (laughs) kitchen to get your drink during the commercial. It's not that way anymore. And we don't have to wait 12 episodes over every Thursday to find out what happens on ER. Now they have them all. And I think that that's where the social media is going is we don't want to read what somebody has to say over, you know, we don't want to take the time to go off of books, Instagram and go to somebody's blog when we can just see it right there. So the influencer is, is definitely probably the way things are going. Yeah. It sounds like basically if you have an influencer that has the likes or the interests in the types of books, if I'm a reader and I know that this specific influencer has similar tastes to what I have in regards to reading, all I need to do is really see, okay, they're reading that. We're in line with each other. So that should be my next book. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like instantly granting them credibility. It's instantly making that suggestion because if I'm following them as an influencer and we're reading the same books, well, I want to know what that influencer is reading next. And that's probably highly likely that that's going to be my next book. So exactly without writing a thousand words or 750 words about what the book's about, at that point, it almost doesn't matter because, hey, I follow this influencer, I trust their recommendation, and I'm going to put that on my list for reading material. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. You know, it saves a lot of time. Listen, on many levels, I feel PR is something that should be used for any business. I think every business needs some form of public relations. You need to be able to promote yourself. What are some fundamental things that a business owner or an author should be thinking about in regards to PR? Well, I think that you always have to think long-term with whatever it is, with your business, especially for authors. This is one of the things that I say is when we get into this, we're getting into this for the long haul. And your brand is the most important thing that you have. What do you want your brand to be about? Whether it be a bagel shop or an author, because ultimately we're promoting their brand. And that's what we try to grow. We try to grow the author's name. It's great that Monica Murphy has a hundred books, but at the end of the day, I want somebody to say, I love Monica Murphy, not necessarily. I love one week girlfriend because that's how you spread your name is through your brand. Not, Oh, I love the cinnamon raisin bagel down the street, but I love Einstein bagels or whatever. So I think it's all in really promoting your brand and having long-term goals and how you can, at the end of the day, where do you want to be in your business? And so promoting the brand is, to me, the most important part of any business. I work with a number of authors as well. 
Do you find, I mean, maybe this is different with your clientele, but do you find sometimes because they're such creative people that sometimes it's difficult to get them to view what they do as a business from making real business decisions regarding their brand, their corporate identity, if you will. Do you find that a challenge with authors? And it's not just authors. I find it with anybody who's in some type of artistic type field where they're almost like the producer of this artwork that it's hard to get them sometimes to view it as a business. Yes. I have some clients, all they want to do is write. They don't want to deal with any of the business part of it. And that's one of the reasons why I expanded my company when I left my last firm and created Valentine was to be part of that management experience because there's a lot that don't... Here, Nina, you do everything else to uploading the book, to paying my bills, to doing all this stuff. All I want to do is write. I don't want to deal with any of the other stuff. And then I have clients who have spreadsheets who could tell you how many books they sold yesterday on every platform and every advertising. So their business, they know inside and out. And I agree with you. There's just two totally different mindsets. But For the most part, a lot of them are like, oh, I just want to write. You handle everything else. Which is probably the right way. I mean, what do they say? If you're in business, you should find what you're good at, Mm -hmm. run with it, and let everybody else take care of everything that you're not good at or not interested in. So I think that if they have that mentality that I'm just going to write and I'm going to write and you take care of everything else, I think that's a great mentality and gives them the ability to produce probably more books and hopefully more revenue and concentrate on what they do best, which is writing, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really a lot of times skilled in the advertising and the PR and the business aspects of things. They just want to write. So I think that that's probably bodes very well for those authors. Totally. And we that we saw that need and we're fulfilling that need with a lot of them. That's awesome. What is one thing a business owner, and again, this can apply to any business owner, what's one thing a business owner could do today to help up their PR game? Social media. You have to have a presence on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, or I don't know that the bagel company needs to be on TikTok, but maybe you find bagel eaters over on TikTok. But I think that there's so many great ways that business owners, especially small business owners, can promote themselves on social media. Is it just as simple as having a page or Mm -hmm. having a presence there? Or you have to be engaging and put out content? Is it more complicated? Take like a small woman's boutique, which my college-age daughter shops at all the time. And I think one of the places that they really hook those kids in sometimes is when you go in there and they're like, oh, if you tag us on your Instagram or your Facebook, like if you check in and say like, oh, I'm here today at Carrots and Keepsakes buying a shirt, we'll give you 10% off of your purchase. Well, then all her friends are like, oh, Valentine shopping at Carrots and Keepsakes. And so there's a lot of ways that you can do business like that in terms of being on social media, just taking a picture of the bagel and putting it on, you know, and say, hey, share this post for 10% off your next purchase or whatever. I think there's such a great grassroots way to promote your business through social media because that's where everybody is. Everybody is on social media. My mother is the only one on not on social media, but <laughs> everybody else is. 
She might be soon. You never right. know. But, <laughs> but, you know, listen, you bring up a great point. We went to breakfast yesterday at a local spot and we were having breakfast. We go there somewhat frequently and they said to us, oh, did you see on Instagram? Well, actually, two things I should tell you the story. One is we had no intentions of going there yesterday for breakfast. But on the day before, I saw a post of what their specials were for the weekend. And one of them was something I love. It's a cannoli cream stuffed French toast. Oh my God, that sounds so good. <laughs> and it is, I'm telling you. So I saw it posted online and I said to my wife, I said, we have to go to breakfast tomorrow morning. So talk about social media, that kind of brought us in. We get there, we tell them that, and they see us there often. We're sitting at the counter. It's like a diner type mm -hmm. environment. And she said, oh, well, did you see our post on Instagram? I said, no, I saw it on Facebook. She goes, no, no, we're doing a giveaway on Instagram. We're giving away all this swag. Make sure you go on there and tag yourself so that and check in or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be choosing a winner from all the people that come in over the weekend and tag themselves in this picture. So we went online, we tagged ourselves. And in a matter of minutes, a lot of people knew that we had had breakfast there because the cannoli cream stuffed French toast mm -hmm. and that we now were there also again because we put in for the giveaway of their swag. Mm -hmm. But I think it brings up a great point. You know, they just got how many pieces of free advertising exactly. just by being there and taking that away. So yeah. I think you bring up a great point. Yeah. I think that's where people are finding everything these days. Yeah. Everything is on social media. So recommendations for everything mm -hmm. from, I guess, restaurants to books, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, Nina, it's been great having you on the show. And this is the Mitlin Money Mindset. So we end every show with the same question. And that is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? It's nine o'clock over here. So I haven't had a whole lot of time this morning, but <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. But I got up out of bed this morning and I showered, which when you work from home, you don't have to do every day. <laughs> Part of it is just taking the time just to kind of be in your mind and be off of social media and be away from everything. And I went outside with the dogs and because I knew you were going to ask me this question. So I really wanted to be able to. And I just went outside with my dogs and just spent some time with them. And then those two things were I'm able to move on with my day now. And now you're ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to rock and roll. So <laughs> sell some books. <laughs> there you go. Well, Nina, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And we'll have all the information for people to find you in the uh, show notes. So thank you for joining us and make it a great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to thank Nina Grinstead for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Nina is a true example of how you can merge what you love and turn it into a business. She gave us some actionable ideas for any business to up their PR game. Not only is she helping her contacts live their happily ever after, but she is living her own. Be sure to learn more about Nina and Valentine PR and literary management by visiting valentinepr.net or finding Nina on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website 
or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.